Hello, David. Hello, Andreas. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Ever since, you know, Elon Musk posted a, uh, a Twitter spaces to introduce uh, a, one of the presidential candidates from the United States and uh, the, the governor of, uh, of Florida. And it was a fiasco. Like this governor thought this was going to be a really cool thing by using Twitter spaces. And it was just a disaster. And it kept going out and everything. And it was kind of like laughable. But anyhow, so ever since then, though, I thought, well, right. you know, if Elon Musk screws up on these things, then maybe there's something wrong with the product. Just my guess. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yes. So are we starting or are we waiting? Yes, I think we can start, David, yes. Okay. If there's not many of us here, we can wait a little while if we want. Or, uh, But so, I mean, tonight, everyone would like to w welcome everyone to our uh, May Function X All Hands meeting. And uh, tonight, we're going to be uh, delving into the scary world of cross-chain bridges. And, uh, but, first, but first, we'd like to hear some updates about what's been going on in Function X. Indra, Andreas, take it away. Uh, sure. Uh, in regards to FX Wallet uh, version 3.0, uh, as everyone knows, it's on the way. And there are like big changes and new features coming. Uh, we posted uh, all these features and guide changes on Starscraft Forum a few days ago. Uh, and I would also like to share uh, with you that we're also planning to launch a beta version of FX Wallet 3.0. Uh, and would like, uh, would love for you, uh, the, our whole community, to be part of it. And uh, we would like to invite you to test out new features, get familiar with the interface, and most importantly, to share your feedback and suggestions. Because our vision is to really make FX Wallet one of the best uh, Web3 wallets in the space uh, that will provide uh, the ease of use and great features for both uh, new and long-time uh, users. That's from uh, FX Wallet uh, side, and uh, Indra can maybe speak about the proposals. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, Andres, and good evening, everyone. Uh, from the governance proposal side, uh, as we know, we have uh, two proposals live right now, and the proposal number thirty-five is uh, for the uh, marketing fee for uh, one of the top 10 exchange and uh, the 40 will end on June 2nd. So uh, please vote uh, for this proposal. And the other one is uh, for the uh, node upgrade. So we will upgrade to the uh, FX core uh, 4.2.x and it currently passed the governance and uh, passed the quorum and our validator will start to up the upgrade uh, early next week. So yeah, let's hope that everything uh, will go smooth and uh, upgraded. And for tonight itself, uh, we have one chain here. And for to celebrate the uh, one chain uh, bridge integration, we will uh, submit an, another governance proposal to uh, airdrop FX to uh, all the users that use the bridge. So 
yeah, this one from my side, and I, I think David can can start for the session tonight. Okay, and so our guest, I'm sorry because I, people are pronouncing his name in a way that I would never put those letters together. So we do have uh, uh, we have the the man from uh, from one chain, and would you please introduce yourself? I think I'd uh, rather you try to say my name first. Well, I, it looks like Temujin to me, so what am I supposed to do with that? But I hear Indra came, came up with something that was like not at all related to any of those letters. So help me. It was, yeah. it's, like, it's, like, it's like Elon's child's name or something. So wow. how, 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 do I pronounce, how do I pronounce this? Yes, uh, I go by Temujin. Um, so you were pretty close with your first oh, guest. Um, you're, you're just landing oh, okay. a little, a little uh, hard on, on the wrong syllables. But you, but I've heard worse. I've heard worse. So, so and, good job. And what, what, what's where's that name from, if I may ask? The name itself is Mongolian. Um, it's, ah. it's Genghis Khan's uh, birth name, actually. Although I Shin am, uh, although I am not uh, Mongolian. You're not Genghis Mongolian. Khan. Yeah. Yes. How, so, how did your? How did you? What did they just like pick it out of a hat? Kind yeah, of, my. Uh, I'm a my father was an academic, you know. Ah. <laughs> oh. Very cool. Okay. So I should. To, 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 so where and where does that accent go then? On what syllable? Uh the first one. But you. Uh, most people just call me Tam, so that'll probably oh. be a little easier. Okay, Tam. Okay. So yes. Look how, how easy that was. <laughs> that was that was that was, a, that was a lot easier trying to figure out like, what Indra said. But I thought, oh God, I'm in the I'm in the wrong Twitter spaces. It happens, you know. So, anyhow, but so can can you give us a little background on uh, on one chain and and yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can start quickly with myself. I won't uh, spend too much time there. But basically, uh, I've been involved in some capacity in blockchain uh, since pretty early on, since about 2012, 2013. Although in those days, it was really more uh, on the fringes. Um, I just come across this term blockchain and the kind of things that are represented really set me on on my path. Um, but, I, but I ended up, you know, working full time in blockchain since basically the ICO boom in 2017. And I think I've been in so long now that there's no turning back. So I'm probably a lifer in blockchain, <laughs> um, which ironically makes me a good fit for a project like Wanchain, which some of you may have heard of before. We are pretty um, established in the sense that we've been around a very long time. Um, but for those of you who are maybe not as familiar, um, briefly, Wanchain is an R&D-focused blockchain interoperability project. So as I mentioned, we have a really long track record. We've been officially around since 2017, but the roots of the project stretch back even further. And, you know, really our mission is pretty simple. It's to drive blockchain adoption by building decentralized interoperability solutions to connect all the different blockchains in the world, basically make blockchains be able to speak to one another. Um, this is, you know, blockchains that have vastly different infrastructures that have EVMs that don't have EVMs. Um, we're trying to link them all. So we basically um, do so with two primary pillars to our project. The first pillar is our own layer one EVM blockchain. Um, this um, is basically designed to match Ethereum's EVM at all time with a few added functionalities. For instance, we have Monero style privacy features for when privacy is necessary. 
And then the second pillar are the blockchain bridges themselves. Right now, we're connecting uh, more than 20 different public networks. As I mentioned, we have EVMs and non-EVMs. And really, this is why we're here today, because we've just um, you know, teamed up with FunctionX and deployed a couple bridges uh, to and from the FX core. Thank you for that. Um, and so, and so with that, you know, I mean, so for me, I'm a lawyer, so, you know, so I, I look at things, uh, kind of, you know, from, from that perspective and while, you know, interoperability is kind of like the name of the game and we've got so many blockchains out there and, uh, obviously this, uh, this need to, to be able to, uh, you know, function in between them, but, but bridges, at, at least from my perspective, kind of have a, uh, a, a, not a, I wouldn't say a bad reputation, uh, but they certainly seem to be vulnerable. And so uh, from, from that perspective of, uh, of security, uh, can, you, can you explain that to me and, and what, what OneChain is doing uh, in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, unfortunately, it is fair to say that bridges have pretty much a bad reputation right now. You know, the last bull run, a lot of uh, poorly built bridges got exploited. And, you know, it is kind of unfair to ask regular users to be able to differentiate between those bridges that, you know, build securely and carefully and those who are just looking to make a quick buck. And actually, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have been paying attention to what's been going on with, um, you know, multi-chain this week, which is basically the biggest crossing bridge out there and the the turmoil surrounding them right now. So I think you're absolutely right to be a little skeptical. And, you know, you landed on the most important term is that it's uh, all about security. And so this is really kind of where Wanchain puts all of our uh, efforts. As I mentioned, we're an R&D focused project. And so what that really means is that, um, you know, we work very closely with organizations like the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, um, which is kind of like a, a, a think tank for the industry. And we also work closely with some of our partners like Cardano and Polygon to really develop these types of standards, um, really kind of have them be based in, in research. And then Wanchain becomes the first public space where they become implemented. So rather than just you know deploying really, really quickly, um, we rather deploy carefully to ensure that we reduce the opportunities for exploits to to happen that gives me that gives me a lot of confidence and so uh you know i mean i i, I certainly like that approach so i have a question and i really don't know a lot about this but so there's this thing out there called atomic swaps and so mm -hmm. what, what is the what is the advantage of a cross-chain bridge or, or, or maybe you can compare the two for me. Sure. Well, basically with atomic swaps, um, if you're moving from like asset one on one chain and uh, asset two on another chain, if you're doing it via atomic swaps, then, you know, nothing gets recorded. Everything gets recorded on chain at the, at the exact same moment. So this is actually pretty good if all you're looking to do, for example, is to swap from just for example, BTC on Bitcoin to uh, Ethereum, uh, TTH on Ethereum. But when we look at interoperability, you know, we're focused on something far larger than just um, cross-chain swaps. And even beyond just moving assets and value from one chain to another, um, really, we really are kind of aiming to develop alongside, you know, our industry partners, 
um, something that's more akin to like a TCP IP for blockchain to really make all of these um, networks kind of act as one meta network, I guess you can say. And so while atomic swaps, you know, probably do have a role to play in, in this ultimate tech stack, um, it's just kind of one component of it. Being able to you know, do cross-chain um, with different mechanisms, whether it's a lock, mint, burn, and lock, for example, um, or whether we're just purely talking about moving messages, um, or whether we're just purely talking about moving messages rather than value, um, whether we're talking about different privacy standards, these will all kind of come together um, to form, you know, our, our long-term vision for interoperability. And I think that's really kind of why crushing is so complicated and why some less experienced teams, you know, have been exploited and suffered hacks because there's all these different things that you need to be considering when developing cross-chain technology and not only kind of considering just one small piece of it. So atomic swaps, definitely important, but it's just a small piece of the puzzle. I understand. That, that really clarifies things for me. So in, the, uh, in, in building this interoperability, uh, where do you see, so, you know, I mean, again, as a lawyer, I'm always concerned about uh, where governments stand with regard to these. Is there any type mm -hmm. of, and, 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 their, and their understanding of this is significantly less than my own. So, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and what they don't know, they seem to want to control. So is there any, uh, you know, what are you doing kind of in, in that space in terms of what we think of as kind of governance in the, in the, larger, in the larger context of, uh, of how you're dealing with, uh, with governments or is there any need to at all? Yeah, I mean, I think depending on your personal politics, you can say it's either a good thing or a bad thing, but I think we can mostly all agree that if blockchain technology is to reach this kind of mass adoption, um, governments and large enterprises are going to be involved at some level. Um, and so having clarity on the role of these two um, is very important. I think, as you said, you know, governments are probably pretty far behind um, in terms of developing these things. The things that we hear mostly um, spoken about are things like CBDCs. Um, but for any of this to really kind of fruition, we really do need interoperability. Interoperability is kind of like a prerequisite for any of this type of mainstream adoption, whether it's uh, mass market, whether it's government, whether it is um, enterprises. And so we're really kind of where we are right now is, I think some, you know, a lot of us people, especially people that join these types of calls, you know, we've probably been in crypto for at least a few years. So it feels like things are further along than they might actually be. So it's still really quite early, you know. Imagine like if we draw parallels to something like the Internet, you know, where we are right now in terms of interoperability is we're really kind of still just dealing with a few kind of local area networks. And we're just trying to figure out how to make it all act as one wide area network. Um, and really, you know, the Internet itself took decades from after we solved that technical hurdle to make it a wide area network before it even before it really reached kind of mass adoption and changed the world. So we're very, very early. On. But there's a few things that we know that we can learn from things like the Internet um, is that, you know, interoperability is going to have to not only be from public to public networks, um, but because we know that government and enterprise are going to play a role, we also have to be thinking about interoperability between private and public networks. 
This brings up, you know, a lot of different considerations in terms of privacy, like I mentioned earlier before, earlier before. Um, and it's really kind of all, all to the end of just having one, one meta network. I know I don't want to waste too much time, but, you know, there's some cool um, use cases that are rooted in the real world, you know, that become possible when you start thinking about interoperability between public and private networks. Um, you can think about something like, you know, supply chain. This was one of the early use cases that people used to always talk about, like, oh, how blockchain is going to revolutionize, yet it hasn't, like, totally come to fruition yet. And one of the, reason, one of the reasons is because interoperability is still in a, in a nascent form. So if we kind of do look at that use case, for a supply chain to really be useful on the blockchain, we need to have basically what we refer to as selective transparency um, and selective privacy. So if you want to draw like a very simple diagram, um, you know, you, you'll have like a few chains involved, a few blockchains or a few, net, few networks in, involved in this supply chain. You would have, for example, um, one blockchain, which is the supply chain blockchain. And this is all the info and records all the info that's related to the supply chain itself. And this would be a permission chain with strict membership, only the you know companies who are fully directly involved in the supply chain in question. Then you might have like a secondary blockchain. And this could be your regulatory blockchain where the government is involved, because if you're going to operate in the real, real world, you're a lawyer, <laughs> you have to be compliant. Um, and so... Um, you might use a secondary chain here that involves members from the supply chain as well as the government regulators. And here, you know, the government doesn't need 100% of the info and the members that are involved in the supply chain certainly won't want to give up just 100% of the info just because, you know, information is valuable. They will certainly only want to publish, you know, the bare minimum requirement, required info to be compliant. So this could be a chain, you know, that that holds this type of info. And then you have a third chain, which could be like a customer blockchain, uh, and this one, you know, will hold basically all the information that gives customers, you know, assurances as to the provenance of goods, which is really, you know, what, you know, uh, 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 end user might care about. And then um, basically using, like you mentioned before, atomic cross-chain transactions, you know, the, um, the, the supply chain blockchain that has all the info can kind of selectively publish the required info to the regulatory chain and the customer blockchain. So these are kind of use cases that, you know, are the type of use cases that will blink and one day will be there and then we will be able to say, hey, we've reached mass adoption, but all of these require kind of a pretty robust interoperability uh, tech stack to be in place. And it also requires, as you kind of alluded to, it requires close collaboration uh, with, uh, you know, with, with, with other chains and with other, uh, you know, uh, companies that are building these things. Is there some type of organization that uh, that brings all these collaborators together, or are, are do you just do it kind of uh, uh, organically? Yeah, um, so there definitely are um, these type of organizations. Actually, I mentioned one earlier, which is the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, and so this is uh, you know Wenchin. We're obviously members, uh, and our CTO is actually the uh, chair of the interoperability. Uh, work group over there. He's also the head of China for the EEA. And so this is, uh, you know, one such organization that, that has, you know, big players from, from the industry who are, you know, actively working on establishing the standards and, and kind of just creating a platform for the type of collaboration, um, you know, that, that, as you mentioned, will be required. Okay, that's, that's also reassuring to me. Um, and it is, you know, I mean, we do have, there is this uh, kind of 
expectation, I suppose, in terms of the speed at which things develop. I think that's been sort of uh, reinforced in maybe a uh, unrealistic way through you know, how we're seeing uh, AI over the past several months kind of go from, you know, nothing to, you know, this incredible in intrusion into our lives. So I think that <laughs> there is this expectation that, okay, well, how about tomorrow then? You know, are we going to be seeing this tomorrow? But it sounds like we're, we're on a, a good path. And I'm, uh, I'm very excited to see that uh, the FX core is going to be working uh, to, to become kind of, you know, part of the landscape, if you will. So we have our listeners from the community and uh, we understand that there's, there's going to be some kind of campaign going on uh, to try out one chain cross chain infrastructure uh, with FX core. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can share a few details about that. So basically um, we've launched uh, bridges that connect the FX core to the one chain layer one, as well as to the XRP ledger. And there's a few assets, you know, that we're supporting right now. There's XRP, there's FX, there's FundyX, and uh, the WAN token. Um, and so basically, um, there's a few opportunities for you, for anyone who's listening right now, to basically have the chance to to earn some tokens simply by trying the bridge. So there's two kind of paths. We'll publish all this afterwards, of course, but you guys that are on this call can, uh, you know, get in early. So it's an advantage to you. But there's two paths. The first is if you bridge XRP to or from the FX core between now and uh, June 7th, so basically a week, um, we're going to randomly select people who have been trying out this bridge. One person will win $100 in WAN. Five people will win $50 in WAN. Fifteen people will win $10 in WAN. And like I said, we'll publish all this after, so you don't need to memorize it. And then the second path, um, Indra, I think, mentioned it at the top, um, where there will be $1,000 in FX that will be airdropped between the first um, 100 addresses to try the bridge. Sounds exciting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out. I'm sure that uh, members of our community will as well. Uh, those, those are good prizes. And... Uh, I think it's important for oh, it's not. Yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's good to get in uh, kind of at the early stages of these things uh, because they will evolve. Uh, I think very very quickly. So uh, with that, I I have no personal other questions. I was really you know I mean like learning how to pronounce your name was was <laughs> my major challenge, and then you you simplified it to ten, which I really appreciate. But so I'd like to open it up to questions. Are there any uh, listeners out there who have questions or Indra, uh, Andreas, do you have any questions that you'd like to, to, to ask Tim? Uh, yeah, so uh, I think Tim, before we move to the community question, uh, I have a quick one. Uh, like, uh, if, if our community wants to learn about one chain where they can find the uh, resources and exercise for the breach itself. Yeah, so the uh, the best place to keep up to date with uh, with OneChain news will be our Twitter account. So it's at OneChain underscore org. Um, you can also grab it from the Function Next Twitter um, since we had the announcement just the other day. Um, and if you want something a little more personal, you can uh, come to our Telegram. Um, and there's always people there willing to you know, share information, spread the word, um, and also answer any questions you might have on Telegram that is uh, just called OneChain Chat. And uh, if you want a less personalized approach, if some of you want that, you can visit us on our website, which is onechain.org. Okay. Great. 
Yeah, and we are also going to create some guides on uh, how to uh, cross-chain on, on one-chain bridge, uh, NFX Core. Um, and also there will be another one campaign from uh, FXDM, uh, which is basically we're going to allocate uh, FX to uh, those who create uh, content about in regards to this announcement and how to uh, use one change bridges, uh, use one change bridges uh, with FX Core. Because we're we're very much at the uh, at the education, uh, you know, stage uh, with the with the broader community, um, and uh, for people to be able to adopt this, they really have to have an understanding of this. And uh, at least for some of us, I'm raising my hand. At least for some of us, we really like to uh, you know be able to just to kind of see pictures and, and and graphs and all those things to be able to to grasp what's going on. So, and with that, are there any other any other questions from listeners? Are there any other comments that you would like to make, Tim? Yeah, I'll just say one uh, one final message here to those who have joined the call. Um, whilst we launched, you know, with connecting FX Core to two different networks and a handful of assets, um, the OneChain infrastructure itself, um, like I mentioned, currently supports more than twenty different networks. Um, and you know, hundreds of tokens. Um, so if anyone is using the bridge or just you know is already active in the community and knows, you know, ah, you'd be cool to have a, you know a different BTC or USDT or any asset, big or small. Um, if it's you know part of one of these twenty plus networks that we've already um, integrated, these type of um, additions are very very simple. So all you really have to do is either reach out to to Wanchain or even reach out to Function X, and they can you know. Tell, tell me, um, and we can add different chains and different assets. You know, as long as there's demand, we're more than happy to put in the work to to support um, to support anyone on this call. Great, thank you very much. And so, and it's free of charge. <laughs> and it's free of charge. <laughs> that makes it even better. So, those people who have those suggestions, uh, you know, please please bring them up. And we have a lot of different ways of learning more about you, and we'll be following up this call with, uh, with that information. So if there's any other, any other general questions or comments, any, any, I don't see any little hands raised on the, uh, on the uh, Twitter thing. No that just means we were so thorough. I guess so. I guess so. Well, I think, you know, I mean, because it's, it's – uh, it's it's thorough and it's early stages, and so you know I remember the early stages of of blockchain and uh, you know scratching my head. My first conversation uh, dealing with blockchain uh, was uh, was with Ethereum, and I had my uh, laptop open at uh, you know uh, looking up words. You know, I mean words were, were being said that, that I didn't know, and we we were both we were both native English speakers, so I knew it wasn't like a language problem that way. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, of of new concepts that are being introduced. Uh, I really appreciate your uh, your openness and your willingness to to share with us, Tim. I really uh, it, it's been a, a terrific learning experience for me personally, and I'm sure for uh, many of our listeners. Um, and I hope we can have you back again as things uh, develop and become more complex or simpler or or whatever way it's going to go. <laughs> They'll hopefully feel simpler, but be more complex behind the scenes. There, 
there we go. That's right. That's what we look for, so that people don't know what's the, the magic that's going on behind the curtain. Um, and yeah. with that, uh, with that, I'd like to again thank you for for uh, taking your time to to speak with us and and members of our community. And uh, may everyone be well. Great. Thank you very much, and have a nice rest of your day, everyone. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. 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 Thank you.